Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. from NJ Advance Media, and welcome back to the Rutgers Rant, the award-winning Rutgers Rant. Fellas, did you see this? We uh, There's a contest, New Jersey Press Association, uh, and we finished third for best audio in the state of New Jersey, which really, given the fact it sounds like we are often speaking into tin cans inside the Port Authority bathroom, makes me wonder a little bit about who finished fourth, but congratulations, Cratch, Sarge, the third best audio in New Jersey this year. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Rutgers basketball. And my, this my has only, to be – go ahead. I, what do you I got? My, my only fear about it now is, you know, now that, you know, Greg Ciano's at Rutgers, uh, you know, Pykel has his team soaring to the NCAA tournament. There's not going to be anything to rant about in, in 2020. I mean, there's <laughs> – so much positive stuff that, like, what are we going to rant about? We're not going to, we're not going to be able to rebrand it again, right? Right. The yeah. Rutgers hug, it's going to be. So we're going to sit here and just sing Kumbaya for 35 minutes every week. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. The whole, the whole, our whole image of a podcast, there will be no third place in 2020 if this is, if this is the way it's trending. All right. So let's talk yeah, about I the just... thing. The best, the best, is this the best stretch in Rutgers hoops history? Since 1976, or at least since 1991, I mean, you know, you look at what this team accomplished, and you know, here it was on the brink of falling off the map of 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 you know, just just this all of the success kind of getting getting flushed away with the late season swoon to go and beat a top ten team in Maryland at home, then to go to Purdue, win at one of the hardest places in the league to win. I, this seems like a pair of games that really redefines this program, Cratch. What I mean, when you look at what it accomplished, you know, what what stands out to you about this about this week? I just think that everything was trending in a, in a negative way. That they were going to blow this. They were going to, you know, not only make the NIT, but they were going to be like a three seed in the NIT. It just seemed like everyone at, at Rutgers, the fan base, they saw the other shoe was about to fall. And instead, this team kind of put its foot down, beat Maryland at home, great win, you know, tremendous night at the rack. You know, it's going to be one of those iconic nights at the rack probably going forward. You know, the, all the dunks, the shots, the, the run kind of Maryland off the floor, you know, top 10 team, have everyone rush, you know, get a lot of you know, buzz, hype, publicity. Um, you know, actually at the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament very quickly at the rack on Saturday, the new Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, was there. I chatted with him briefly, and he said he can't wait to get get to the rack for a basketball game. 
because wow. he's seen the energy on TV. Um, so, and I think that obviously going to Purdue and, and getting, you know, that, that road win, look, I, I will say this. I don't mean to be negative. I know that's Sarge's job. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow. Oh, we're going to first one. I'm going to keep track really one needle. One. I, re- I really think <laughs> that they need to win this game against Michigan to feel 100% bulletproof on Selection Sunday. Okay. Uh, they should be in. I'm sure they should be in. I trust all the bracketologists. I'm sure they are in. But I just think if they beat Michigan, nobody's worried on Sunday. If they lose to Michigan, it's going to be a little bit of a nag. I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, who, how I can, they won 11 games in the Big Ten. I mean, I, mean, I get the road, their net rankings in the 30s. I mean, I get the, the idea that they're, they're not, uh, they're not bulletproof. I understand that. But, but to me, if, if they're not, if they're left out, it is just a travesty. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, Cratch is referencing the, the sun, the sun is out. Everybody's happy. It's like finally the world is, is Piscataway, you know, they're lippity doo dying around. And then Sarge comes in off the top rope with six reasons the world is going to end on our website. I gotta tell you, music playing in the background. I mean, seriously, it was like the freaking death stars. And me, as personally, as somebody who is not not you know unaccustomed, occasionally trolling, I have to admit, Sarge, (laughs) that that was that was top level, you know, rain on the parade stuff. Would you like to defend yourself here, or would you you would you rather just just move on? I mean, I I left out the seventh reason that coronavirus might 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 doom the 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 team's chances. (laughs) That might be the biggest reason. That would be the biggest concern. No, I mean, I honestly, I, I think it boiled down to two things. I, I think that you never know what happens in these conference tournaments. You know, there, you know, there's a scenario in place where you know it happens every year. It's not just Rutgers, but you know, everyone th- you know has this uh, bracket forecast, and all of a sudden you get all these big Steelers, and no one knows. You know, so you know if Rutgers is on the fringe, you know, some people say that they're last four four in. Then you know then then that, that that presumably puts them on the bubble. And then the other thing is this stat that Jerry Palm referenced, which is not since 1994 has a team gone into uh, into the field with uh, less than um, with three uh, road wins or or, or or less, and that hasn't happened since 1994. Rutgers has two right now. So the Purdue uh, game. You know, did prove you know to a lot of people that they can win on the road. I wrote about it afterward. You wrote about it as well. But you know, there's still less than three. So I mean, it was, still would be the first time since 1994 that that happened. Uh, they could you know end all that speculation by by winning against uh, Michigan. That would be number three. Um, you know, so it's not like you know. I, I, my job, you know, in a lot of ways is to you know, and our jobs are are uh, is to give readers, you know, just every scenario possible. And I wrote, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, I wrote, you know, Rutgers' chances of getting the NCAA tournament are great. I mean, they're, it's great. You know, it, it, if I had to, to, to put it in, I would say it's 95%. And it wasn't like I didn't talk to other people. I talked to other people. I talked to Bob Wenzel, you know, who's, you know, who, who, who's doing games. And you'll, you'll see that story pop up on NCAA.com at some point today. Even he said there's no slam dunk. So, you know, I, I get it. I mean, fans right now just don't want to, you know, you know, if you're a Rutgers fan and you've been waited 29 years, you, you just don't even want to look at that, that, you know, the the the, the uh, different possibilities and you just want to hear they're in, they're in, they're in. I get it. I completely get it. But, um, you know, my job is to, you know, in a lot of ways to present the, the different scenarios. 
we all would like to hear exactly what we want to hear at the exact moment we want to hear it. That's where we are in 2020. Um, all right, that let's, let's go through it then. So let's say they do lose to Michigan. You know, I, I, I still think they are in the 10, 11 seed range unless, and that's the big, unless, you know, Cratching, I don't know if you've studied this, are there enough teams in positions below them that can steal bubbles? And that's why I keep coming back to this. Every time I look at the list of teams that are around them, like I, and we will, we'll talk about this, but like Indiana is in some people's brackets ahead of Rutgers and it makes my head explode. I and mean, I don't think uh, that I've seen, uh, they played each other. I've seen both teams and they just got, they, you know, they blew a big lead against Wisconsin. They, they have a, a ton of bad losses. I, the net ranking is 50. I mean, I just don't understand like what, like what are people, what logic are people using? I mean, what, so do you think there are enough teams crash that, that, that can steal this thing if they do lose to Michigan and push them down to a 11 slash Dayton range? That's a, I mean, there could be. I mean, the way I kind of come back is like, you know, would it shock anybody if Syracuse all of a sudden goes and wins the ACC tournament, <sighs> you know, or something like that? Like, would it shock? You know, like I, I'm look. I got I got the Joe Lunardi bracketology up right now. So the first four out are Richmond, Xavier, Wichita State, Memphis. Would not shock me if Wichita State won the American, or Memphis. You know, Memphis has got all this talent. You know. Xavier Big East tournament, you know that seems like we're caught now that Seton Hall's kind of a swoon. Maybe yeah, something got kinda, three quad one wins. I mean that's that's hardly exactly level. you know like Purdue next four out like you know, like Rutgers obviously just beat Purdue. Um, I I think Rutgers got a big break with Northern Iowa losing to Drake. Chris Ash's alma mater helped out the Scarlet Knights. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> So I, I, was, I think you and I would seem it was kind of like on the bubble, hanging around, but not yeah. they had to get probably to their conference title game and lose to still have a chance for that large bid. They're they're probably out now, so that's not a that's a one bid league. So, I, but you never know. I mean, that's that's kind of the reason why we have these conference tournaments is because crazy things happen, and it's such a everyone keeps on talking about how this is a you know anyone can win it here in college basketball, and nobody's really that good. So you think to yourself, well, you know. You could have a couple of upset or two in a conference, a major conference tournament that kind of creates a, a ripple down effect. What do you think about the matchup in the conference tournament, Sarge? I mean, Michigan, they, they lost to them twice. Uh, both games were competitive. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I think Michigan's more talented. Certainly, I don't think they're, you know, the, the, the people talking about like the worst possible matchup for them. I, I don't, I don't know that's the case at all. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think both games were obviously competitive. Um, Rutgers, you know, and all, all, almost all of Rutgers' losses have been competitive this year. That's the thing about this team. That even when they lose, you know, it's within you know seven or eight points. Um, the, I guess the the um, you know, the negative side of, of it would be that both games were basically home games. I mean, one was obviously at the rack and the other one was at the garden where they had, you know, obviously a, a very pro Rutgers crowd. That was a, you know, big time atmosphere in Michigan one. And there's the old uh, saying that, you know, that, you know, uh, coaches like to say is in order to, to, to beat a team on, uh, on the road, you have to be uh, 10 points better. Right. So, you know, that would uh, me, uh, go, go to say that, you know, Michigan is better than Rutgers at this point, that, the, you know, that whether they're more talented or they just, you know, have, you know they're a matchup problem. You know, they, they, they beat them basically in Rutgers' backyard in both, in, in both instances. There is the old coach's uh, cliche of saying that it's really hard to, to beat a team three times in a season. You know, that, you know, that I guess, you know, again, 
if, if Michigan is that much better, they're playing in the Midwest now uh, in Indianapolis. I would assume that uh, there will be more Michigan fans, you know, in, in you know in, in Indianapolis than, than Rutgers fans. Um, I think it's gonna be tough. I think is you know uh, Live versus back. Xavier Simpson's uh, you know been a tough matchup for him. So. You know, all that being said, I think Rutgers, you know, they, 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 they just have that something that Cratch kind of referenced before where, you know, they're, they're left for dead. It wasn't just the, the Maryland game. It wasn't just a Purdue game. But if you go back to, you know, the Northwestern game, I think was a big turning point in the season. They had oh, lost to Michigan and, and Maryland back to back. People were like, oh, here, here we go again. You know, they rallied from 18 points down. Geo Baker, ha- you, know, ha- you know, has a game for the ages. They win the game in overtime. That's a turning point game. There's been a lot of instances here where you, know, you just can't count this team out. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, you know, a, a white knuckle game where, where you know could could go right down to final four minutes either way. Um, yeah, and you know I think there's a very good chance that Rutgers prevails. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Rutgers is going to win this game. And and this and you mentioned Joe Baker. And you know what stands out to me from uh, especially from Purdue late in the game is the way that kid took control of the game in ways that you don't see on the box score. I know that's a cliche, yeah. but he had first he had those two jump shots late, obviously to regulation, and then and then overtime that were so important. But you just watch him when, when that thing had when Jacob Young misses those two free throws or commits the dumb foul. You know, Gio's always the guy. It reminds me of, <laughs> to date me a little bit the Truman Show when something's going wrong and the guy shows up with the six pack of beer all the time. Like <laughs> Gio Breaker was the guy who you know was always there when when things are like pulling people together consoling miles johnson after he fouls out i mean just you know and i you just see that kind of leadership and uh and and his ability to to, to keep this team together it, it you know, he is he is really going to be or has a chance to put himself on that sort of rush mount rushmore uh list for Rutgers. So I, I, I voted um, him I, I voted him second team all big 10 and you know if you look at his stats i mean they're just not up there with 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 you know the top 10 players in the big 10 at least scoring wise assist wise you know all the stats that you look at but you know to me you just watch him you know he's you know as, as a lot of uh you know uh people will say you know he's a bit, one of the best closers if not in the big 10 but in all college basketball the guy is just you know clutch when when it matters most so stats really don't tell the story with geo baker for the record i also put ron harper third team that might have been a stretch but you know to me uh ron uh harper you know uh, was finished in the top 17 in both uh, scoring and, and rebounding. Uh, you know, there was a stretch, you know, this season where, you know, he certainly carried the team, especially with Geo Baker, uh, you know, hurt and, you know, and, and coming back, you know, a little bit you know, hampered by, by the hand injury. Um, of course, the political coach of the year as well. So I think the all Big Ten team <laughs> coming out at some point, but, uh, you know, Pykel got my vote. All right, that's a good segue into true or false. We haven't done this in a while, but you guys know the rules. Give me a true or false on these topics, and we'll come back and discuss them all. Uh, true or false, besides Geo Baker, the most important player in March for Rutgers is Miles Johnson. True or false? False. False. Sarge? True. All right. Uh, true or false, besides Geo Baker, the most important player in March for Rutgers is Jacob Young. Cratch? True. True. All right. Sarge? False. <laughs> False. All right. So my third one was besides Gio Baker, the most important player in March for Rutgers is Ron Harper Jr. I'll give it a true. What do you got, Cratch? You, you already said <laughs> Jacob Young, so I guess it's false. Yes. False. False. 
false for you. Sorry, it, it, it is amazing. It shows uh, you know, how good of a team this is that, you know, that you know, yep. we all have different guys. It's true. Absolutely. All right. True or false. This NCAA run is on par with Louisville 2006. Cratch. False. Sarge. True. Wow. Okay. We'll go back to that. 29 years. <clears throat> true or false. Extending. Yes, that's true. Extending Steve Peichel's contract before this NCAA tournament run began was a stroke of genius by Pat Hobbs. Cratch. True. Okay. Sarge. Greg Schiano is quietly laying the groundwork for a top half of the Big Ten recruiting class for 2021. Cratch. True. Sarge. True. True or false? Jerry Palm just hates Rutgers. <laughs> Cratch. False. false. Sarge. I want to say something very quickly. <laughs> like, I get fans, but like media outlets who are trolling Jerry Palm. Like, what are you doing? The guy doing? backed it up with a stat. <laughs> a stat. I mean, the guy. The, 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 yeah. the man had a stat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, either, either, like, like here's, here's the thing. Like, I just want to make sure fans understand this. Jerry Palm is not setting the NCAA tournament field of 68. Uh, true or false, the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament is proof that Rutgers can host big events successfully. Cratch? You were true. There. Sarge, you weren't I there. there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, they did the gymnastics a couple of years ago. They've done lacrosse, so I think they've, you know, you know they've come away. Proven it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. <clears throat> Finally, true or false, coronavirus is going to kill us all. Cratch? False. Sorry. I mean, Rutgers Nation is clearly rooting the, uh, for, for me to be killed by the coronavirus, so. Yeah, you should get the coronavirus. I have to admit, though, that people have, and this is like the obvious thing I've gotten to like a third, 300 times with people saying, like, it's just typical the year that Rutgers makes the tournament, <laughs> there would be a, a world pandemic that cancels the entire thing. Uh, I don't think we just, just came across, I mean, you guys have seen this, but Princeton University just told its students to stay home. From spring break, which seems significant to me. I mean, they've already canceled Indian Hills, the big tennis tournament. I mean, what's your sense? I mean, Sarge, is this something that people should worry about? I mean, it's moving so quickly. I don't know. I mean, the tournament, the tournament is just a week and a half away. What do you? What What is your What is your gut? So here's what I'll say: is if you look at Italy and you see these other countries that are are, are already uh, canceling, are either canceling or playing these uh, events, you know, with no fans. And certainly Italy, you know, got got it worse than you, you, the United States. Maybe even the United States might even be more of a sports society. You know, the NCAA tournament's a billion dollar, you know, enterprise where, you know, you, you just don't want to, to, to mess with, uh, you know, the, the, the atmosphere, the fans, you know, any of it. So um, mm-hmm. I do think that the, the odds are at this point, uh, uh, you know, on Monday, we're talking about a Monday that I still don't think is going to impact, you know, whether it's opening day, a major league baseball or the NCAA tournament or any of these large scale events. I don't think it's going to do, do it because we're talking about, you know, a society that, that is just, you know, thrives on it. It's such, such a big part of our culture and our, our economy. All that being said, like you said, we're, we're still in an unknown period. You know, the, the numbers yeah, are just yeah. are, are, are growing. I just remember, you know, it seems like a week ago, I think it was where, 
you know, you, you, you had the first uh, coronavirus death, and now all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, the numbers are, are just increasing. The number of people who are getting it, you know, are, yeah, it's just, you know, the numbers we're still in an unknown period at this point. Right, right, and then and crash the fact that there's there are there are you know regionals and uh, or sub-regionals in Spokane, which is near or somewhere in the general vicinity of the it, biggest it, area. It is three hundred miles away. Yeah. It, it, you know, Spokane, you know, it, you know, I guess it kind of tells you how big Washington State is. That it's like you know from from here to Pittsburgh is, is Spokane to Seattle, but um, yeah, it's the same state, right. and you know. It, it, yeah, I think there's other. I mean, Florida, you know, Tampa. I think you know, you know, has a uh, you know a first round site, yeah. and uh, you know, they, you know, they've been uh, impacted on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Yeah, at this point, I pretty much committed to going unless it's, unless the games are played on a cruise ship. <laughs> in which case, yeah. <laughs> no, I was gonna yeah the 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 Wuhan uh, the Wuhan uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was going to say, I, I will say this, though, like, this is one thing I always thought with some of that, like, if you don't, like, watch, like, you know, Thursday noon games since they were a tournament, it's not like this, the arenas are packed. It's true. You know, there's a lot of empty seats. So I'm almost wondering is, like, yes, I think the games are going to be played, just because I think at the end of the day, while it's certainly a very serious thing, you know, it's it's not like it's the walking dead out there. <laughs> Too much money. I will say this. Yeah, it's too much money to say. And also, like, these arenas aren't really packed to begin with. And I think it's entirely possible that we might find out. And obviously, in the, you know, not this week, but next week, you know, you, you guys will be traveling to NCAA tournament game. I'm going to be traveling to Minneapolis for Wrestling Nationals. You know, I've heard people who travel said, like, it's a ghost town. It's entirely possible that the crowds won't be that big because people are, like, self-quarantining themselves or self, you know, making a decision for themselves. I don't want to risk it. and then there's not a lot of people there and maybe it's not as big of a concern as it would have been if the stadium was packed. Right, checking back on a few other things we talked about, uh, Steve Peckle's contract. And I, I have to admit when I, when I, when the news kind of popped, my first reaction was, you know, why now? It just seemed, you know, the timing in, in February before this run had gotten to the point where they made the tournament. My thought was just, all right, what happens if it collapses? And suddenly, you know, year four, Peckle's in, the NIT, and now you've got six years left on this contract without really knowing, all right, well, is this guy is this guy recruiting on the level in the Big Ten? Is he going to get to the NCAAs? There are a couple of things that made me wonder about that. You know, clearly the way this has turned the last the last week, it certainly seems like it is a a bold sort of get ahead of this thing uh, and end all of the worry about people coming after him. I guess that's my question, though, to both of you guys. Does it end as a $5 million buyout enough that – you know, Rutgers can put its arms behind its head and say, we've got our guy. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, if, it, if it's a Notre Dame or Texas, one of those schools that they want them, I mean, you know, $5 million is still chump change. I think, you know, for, for a Big East program, you know, for, for you know, then I think it is a, you know, a, you know, a, a, you know, a deterrent. But um, I, I, going back to the credit for Pat Hobbs, I, yeah, I think he gets an enormous amount of credit because I mean, Pat Hobbs from day one has always said, you know, that, that he will take care of coaches who, who, who have success, who, who earn it. He did it with Scott Cadell. He's done it with Brian Brecht. Um, you know, he, he is, you know, uh, has done it uh, for, for Steve Peichel. So, um, it, I, I, whether it was a timing, you know, I, I think obviously Steve Peichel, you know, made, made a count because he, he, he won, 
you know, Maryland beat Maryland and beat Purdue. So, you know, you know, it looks like a bold stroke. But either way, I think it was probably a good, good move just to, you know, kind of fend off some of these schools that might have openings. What do you think, Cratch? Yeah, I've always, I've always thought that, you know, I, I just, Sarge is right. Like, if you're Notre Dame, Texas, UCLA, Kentucky, if you want the guy, you're going to get him. But I've never really thought that those are the schools that you have to worry about poaching Steve Peichel. I've always thought, you know, like, oh, look, I, I can't see Steve Peichel coaching it like Cal. I just yeah, that's I just don't think that's a fit. But a school like like a Big East school like a you know a Xavier, a St. John's, a Butler. Steve Peichel is not, not gone. Steve there. Peichel has like, gone way above yeah. uh, the, the Big East. He's not going to the Big East. He played in the Big East. You know, he didn't even think about UConn. I you know, I, I totally disagree with that, Cratch. I mean, I, I think the Big Ten to go down to the Big East would be a step down. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I, you know, I understand what you're saying, you know, from a, from a, you know, geography fit maybe, but, um, you know, he's not, go- he, you know, I don't think there's any world where he would go for the big. Okay. Well, how about this? Like, like Vanderbilt. I could see Vanderbilt's him a great in Vanderbilt yeah. and see like Jerry Sack. That's great. Not really working yeah, there. Totally great. Okay. So like Vanderbilt, um, I could even see him like being at Wake Forest where the Danny Manning is on the way out. Well, I mean, like, Notre someone Dame, like that. Notre, that's who you need. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yes. I don't think Mike Murray's going to Yeah, I, I think Notre Dame would be a good fit for him. Right. But there are a lot. I mean, there are more bad fits. And, and there, there's there's so there are a lot of good fits for him because, let's face it, the guy could coach. I mean, the guy's done a really good job in four years <laughs> getting the, the, this right. program. You know, they, but, they but there are some places, yeah. There's been a, a rise to this program, steady, and, and you know, and we saw this building, and then all of a sudden, four years, if someone would have told you four years ago that this team would be, you know, in the NCAA tournament, no, I mean, would you have believed it? No, no. Yeah, I mean, you know, losing by 20 uh, uh, per night, you know, in, in Big Ten play under Eddie Jordan that final year, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. Um yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, so your question about whether this whether this run this is something that uh, um, what's his face the uh, the guy on Twitter put out there the basketball guy about this being um, on the level with Louisville two thousand six. I'm not sure it's quite that, and I and I think it's just that that was something special. Top ten football Thursday night, the entire New York market at the same time. Why did they pull the upset over number three? You know, so you guys you guys do put it on that level, sorry. You, you, you thought it was you thought. So close enough here's to why that. I equated to it because you know in, in 2006 it was 27 years since they last went to a bowl game and you know and and you know the year before they, the, you know 2005 they they, they yeah you know, they they actually went to a bowl game it was the first time in 27 years and then 2006 they they took another step they went nine and0 and you know and started and they got to to number six in the in the country in the BCS standings in, in mid-november so you know I get it um, that, you know, basketball, you know, but basketball was ranked for the first time since 1979. So um, I think the, you know, I think the biggest yeah. argument that you would have is football is always going to trump basketball in the eyes of, of not just a fan base, but, you know, just, you know, the general sports fan that, that, that football drives the bus. But from a pure story standpoint, you know, I think, you know, it, it, basketball may even be better. I mean, 29 years, first time, and, and you know, and everything that this program has, has been through, guys. I mean, no, the Rutgers fans definitely don't want me to, to recount it, but, you know, it, it, you know, it goes without saying that this team has had some, uh, you know, some turmoil since 2000. So, um, to me, I think it's, it might even be a better story. All right. Anything else you want to cover, Cratch, from True or False? Or do we want to re- move on to podcast uh, questions from the Rutgers Insider? No, I was just going to say, like, Jacob Young, my thing is that I feel like he is 
he is a, a skill set that is kind of unique to the team. That kind of slashing. And I just think like he's a guy who gets very fiery. You know, you saw it like on on Saturday. You know, Geo kind of calming him down, Michael calming him down. And I just think that when he he's a guy who plays so fast and so explosive, but he can kind of almost teeter totter into like playing out of control. You know, like not really control his body as he's flying down the court. So that's why I think he's the most important guy. He's a guy who can really do some damage if he's on, but they've got to make sure that he is on and in his lane the whole time. Right. No, I, that's, that's a great point. I, I only picked uh, Ron Harper Jr. because he just, he's a, he's one guy he can, he can explode for 25 and that's kind of what they need. And they did yeah. win. I mean, it's funny. Miles Johnson would have been my, normally been my first pick, but let's give Sean Carter some credit here. Against Purdue, he gave them some really good minutes when, uh, when when Johnson got into foul trouble. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that does speak to the depth that you mentioned, SARS. That's going to be really important for this team. Uh, all right, let's dive into Rutgers Insider questions. Guys, I appreciate a bunch of good ones again. NGA.com backslash text if you're interested in getting our breathless dispatches directly to your phone. Um, so this, this is, I mean, you know, this, this is the chief fear and not just that you stoked up Sarge. I think people are really worried about it. Is there any chance Jerry Palm's theory comes to fruition that we have to play in the playing game or is, is he just doubling down on his position because he's a Purdue guy and a curmudgeon? Um, what do you think? Craig, uh, Sarge, you're yeah. either one of you guys. Do you, is, is it, is it a situation that, that that's possible? I, mean, I, said, I said it you know, a week and a half ago before the Purdue game that, you know, would be fitting that yeah, after the Maryland game. I said, I think they're in after the Maryland game, but I think it, it, at this point, I think it would be almost uh, fitting. I could totally see a scenario where, where the, where, where the SA uh, selection committee says, okay, you're in, but you got to play your way in, so to speak, you know, and, and go to date and then, and, and win that for, uh, uh, first four game. So um, did they, you know, pr- uh, put that um, to rest w- by winning at Purdue? Maybe, but you know, again, we're still talking about that stat. Um, and, you know, I, I, I completely understand, um, you know, from, from, from jer- the, at least a Jerry Palm perspective. Again, I'm not saying that Jerry Palm is, you know, is going to right. be right. There are a lot of bracketologists who, who, who say that they're comfortably in, um, you know, uh, Seth Davis, I think, uh, wrote you know Rutgers Sharpie. So, and Seth Davis is actually on the uh, selection show uh, show come come next Sunday. So, um, I totally get it. Um, but you know, I don't. I'm not saying Jerry Palm's the end all be all, but you know that stat does loom loom large at this point. All right, here uh, get another good good one on on scenarios. Can you guys look up some teams who Rutgers is most likely to play and discuss best worst matchup scenarios? I know Utah State, BYU, and Providence would be bad, but playing a team like Arizona or Arizona State out east would be best. And getting San Diego State in the round of thirty-two, that's interesting. You know, it's fun. This is the fun part about it. Like when you get thrown into get thrown into the tournament, you see that the, see the other name pop up right away, and you're like, "Is that good?" Or is, your first instinct is always like, "Ooh, that's rough," or "Ooh, that's good." Uh, Cratch, what you know? Who would you think that the Scarlet Knights would want to see if they were in a seven, ten, eight, nine game? Uh, I mean, I haven't really thought of it that way. That is an interesting question. Um, if I'm looking at the right now, I would want to play. I would want date personally. I would want Dayton is if I'm an eight nine. I would want Dayton to be the one seed, just because okay. I just I just can't buy that. Um, you know, I, I will take. But like again, like also, like I'm looking. At, you know, Lardy has Creighton as a two seed. Okay, so. St. Louis region in the Midwest, for uh, besides the fact that it's not in New York, it's not going to the Garden. 
It's West Virginia, Utah State in the seven ten game. Where they play is Creighton Wright State. Now yeah. you're Rutgers and you're the, you're the, you're you're the ten. You're playing West Virginia. That's a tough first round game. Yeah, you win that. that. You're playing Creighton. Yeah, don't want that at all. I do love the ones I've seen, and I agree with the the, the reader. The ones I've seen when when they're matched up against a Pac-12 team like Arizona, where they're in a bad league and they haven't faced a defense quite like Rutgers, I think that would be a good matchup. So, I mean, what yes. was what, what I think part saying? of it too, you know, like Cratch was mentioning, is you know where are they going to send them? Because if if the if the fans you know can can drive to Greensboro or Albany or or even Tampa, you know that, that that's the ideal scenario that you're going to get you know, some sort of home flavor. Um, Cratch is right. I, I, I think that, you know, having a team like West Virginia, that's always just a brutal Bob Huggins. You know, I mean, they're always brutal to play in the you know, NCAA tournament. That's not, not, not ideal. Um, but again, we're, we're, you know, this is, you know, the, the time where we're well, talking about, you know, well, it's a great conversation to have. It's a great question. But, you know, at this point, I think, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, put them against Trump University at this point, Rutgers fans are signed for that. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say this, though. Like, I've liked this. People, I've, a couple of bracketologists have had him parroting with Arizona. Like, forget about, like, the, the encore thing. How fascinating would it be to have Steve Peichel this guy who does everything right, and and Sean Miller, who like is literally like on wiretaps, <laughs> paying people. And Arizona's just kind of like nothing to see here, nothing happened. Yeah, you know? What, what like, an easy column that would be. They somehow played Kansas in the background, which is like we're the victim. The, yeah, the the column gods are not that kind to me. I it would just be too simple. You know. Oh man. All right, here's another good one. Two questions reflecting on what could have been or what might be next year. If Eugene Omoruri came back, how much better would Rutgers have been? Would that help him win a couple of close games? And second part, considering all of the players' potential coming back, how high are the expectations going to be for next season? Uh, Eugene Omoruri obviously was the captain transferred to Oregon where he's sitting out and his reason for transferring was because he wanted to play in the NCAA tournament, which feels like a big whoopsie. Um, <laughs> Sarge, how, you know, how much better would that kid have I've made I've always wondered team? whether or not, you know, his injury and, uh, you know, had, had anything to do with it. Um, I mean, I, I, again, I mean, you know, he was as valuable of a player uh, a year ago, you know, he was a heart and soul of the team defensively. And, you know, I, I, you know, I get that you're always better with talent. Um, but, Maybe there was something to be said about, you know, that he wasn't a great fit, you know, from a culture standpoint, locker room standpoint. Um, you know, it's not like any of the players were lighting candles when he, when he left. They, they, they seemed to be, you know, more than uh, comfortable with him leaving. Um, and, I, yeah, I think Steve Michael did a great job replacing him with a quasi Yaboa. Right, well, that's a good point. I was going to say that. Well, Yaboa kind of fits that role. And he, and he brought Yaboa in, in before, and, before he lost that. him. You know, his plan was to have them both. But, you know, certainly, uh, you know, once he left, I think that was a great fallback plan. Right. Uh, what about the second part, Cratch? You know, the expectations for next next year um, is just so hard to know. You know, I mean, obviously, you think these kids yeah. would take a step, they would take a step in the right direction and get better. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's injuries. Well, anything I think if you look at this roster now, I mean, like, and you mentioned it, like, I know he, he's been up and down this year, but you're losing Shaq Carter, and what are you replacing him with? You know, you, you, you need more size inside. Right, Shaq's, Shaq is a yeah, senior, right? Correct. I had that right? Okay. Well, i make sure. I had, like, like, I was like, oh, my God. So, like, you, <laughs> you, you need depth inside, and also, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it was a long weekend, so I'm kind of fried right now. You need depth inside, and I think they need to get somebody who can knock down three-pointers. Like, I, that's what I think, you know, the three-pointer is kind of the great equalizer in March in this tournament, and I don't know if they have a guy who we can say, okay, this guy's going to go three for six or three for five guaranteed each game. I think they need that guy to take that big shot. All right. And another question about the current team. Is Miles Johnson's current play more of the fact of his loss of confidence or just Big Ten teams figuring out a way of taking him out of games? Can he get back to being a big factor in the game plans? Uh, Sarge, you had him as your most important player other than Geo. You know, what do you think it is? Is it just this? I mean, you're playing against a team like Purdue. It just, you know, throws, you know, seven foot three, you know, harms at you. <laughs> is, it, is it as simple as that? Or is this just, you know, the grind of the Big Ten season sort of knocked him off his No, off his I think confidence? it's, uh, you know, it boils down to, you know, he does ha- have um, a propensity to, to pick up fouls early. And that's something that I think that might be the, yeah. the crux of the reason why Steve Peichel, uh, brought decided to bring him off the bench, you know, in order to, to, to right. you know, okay, well, I'll, I'll bring him in at the 15 minute mark and, you know, he'll have zero fouls at that point and I can play him for, you know, five or six minutes at that point. And if, if he picks up his second foul by the eight minute mark, then, you know, I can sit him the rest of the half. But, um, you know, he has the, the you know, there, there have been a lot of these games, you know, that, you know, including the Purdue game where he fouled out, where he just has a habit of, of picking up, right. uh, you know, fouls. That, fouls that, too. And those yeah, are the fast. things that are, are killers. You have to keep him on the court. When he's been on the court, he's been great. Uh, you know, he's been one, one, one of the better big men in the, you know, you know, in the league. So, um, I think it's just boils down to trying, you know, him and it's going to, going to be him. It's on him. He needs to you know, avoid those, uh, ticky tack fouls, those fouls away from the basket. All right. Here's an interesting one. Possibility of Gio leaving next year, pros or other. Uh, you know, watching the ceremony, I think you guys saw Michigan State, the, the emotion of uh, the kids kissing the floor in the senior night. And it just, just I, I get the sense that they're going to have to rip the jersey off Geo Baker. Uh, Cratch, do you see any signs that that kid will not be uh, the four-year player that's that's getting the enormous celebration at the end of at the end of next year? No, I mean, and like Gio's a great player. I, I don't see him going to the NBA. So. Mm-hmm. And maybe he maybe he tests the water. I mean, I don't think he's. I don't know if he's even a guy who can you know kind of test the waters and see what's out there and not sign with it you know and come back. Right. I mean, I, I of course Anderson. I just yeah, I think he's. I think he is. He is going to be here for his senior year, and then he will be eligible. You know, Rutgers Hall of Fame eventually. Right. All right. Everyone agrees that the rack isn't going anywhere, nor should it. But other thoughts of re- to reviving some of the Pernady plans, which address the concourses and exterior of the building, or is the field house for football number one to five on Pat Hobbs's list right now? Um, Sarge, I think that the answer to both those questions could be yes. I mean, what, what what's your sense and what they're yeah, going to do? Yeah, the both questions are are, are, are are yes because I think uh, football is obviously the thing that's going to cost you know 150 million dollars between. The field house and and upgrading the uh, the football stadium and and doing everything. I mean, that's you know they're going to have to get seventy five million dollars before they even uh, go start and, and maybe bond 
the rest of it. So football is obviously the priority uh, by all accounts. I mean, you talked to Greg Shiano uh, more recently than, than than I did, but it sounds like by all accounts they're they're, they're making some some uh, they've had some pretty good momentum on that front. Uh, but again, Pat Hobbs has, has been, you know, it's been no secret that, you know, he's always ha- has an eye on, on basketball. We've talked about, you know, the, the idea of having, you know, a, you know, a bar for, for high end uh, donors uh, where the media room is, maybe taking out the windows, where, you know, where, where the offices are, uh, you know, overlooking one of, one of the baskets. You know, doing those types of things. Uh, you know, aside from that, though, there's only so many things that you could do in the, you know, in, in, in Iraq. You're not, you know, this is a building that was built in 1977. It wasn't really built to to really expand. Um, there's only so many things you could do from a, you know, adding bathrooms. I know that's you know been a big topic. Um, so. You know, aside from really, uh, you know, doing a complete overhaul, I don't know if there's going to be a, you know, too many things I think you really do. And that is a good transition, Sarge, to the what else segment. Since you mentioned Shiano and I, it's funny we didn't have we haven't had a podcast since I sat down with him, you know. And I just wanted to, you know, he's he's doing the media tours now, and I, I was just I figured I'd give you a couple, just a couple impressions of the conversation where, and this is the one that sticks out to me, uh, just about. You know, it really is a guy now playing chess again in that office, you know, listening to him talk and having knowing what he wants to get out of his media presence and what messages he wants to get to the fan base. And, you know, this is this is no secret. But as I was talking to him, it's clear that he wanted people to know. And I think that this is, you know, this is important given the. You know, the 10% of the fan base that still was still peeved about the fact he left Rutgers to go to the NFL, to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's interesting that he wanted his motivations to be clear to people and, 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 you know, wanted to get that story out there. So, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I, you guys have been around and you've seen, he looks like the same guy, but I just get the sense that there's also, you know, there's, there, there's just a different, uh, a different level of, of comfort around his own, you know, himself. He's, he's driven, but he's not as, uh, crazy about it, if that's the right way to put it. Like I, I, I that's, that was the sense I got in spending time with him. So it's interesting. It'll see, be, it'd be funny to see what happens here with him as we get closer to the season. Uh, but that was one of the takeaways. The other takeaway is you can't go ten feet without tripping over someone who, 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 who used to play for him in a support role. And I know you guys have you guys have you know seen that and have tweeted about it, texted about it, written about it. Uh, you know, Sarge, what you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about what you've seen behind the scenes with just the people he's surrounding himself. Uh, Familiar yeah, faces um, he's a lot of former players, right? I mean, Taekwondo Underwood is obviously an SDF wide receiver coach. Um, yeah, Scott Valone, he you know he brought him in. Um, you know, uh, Damaso Munoz, um, uh, you know Charlie Noonan. You know, we've seen uh, Jamal Westerman. You know, you know uh, back around. I mean, Eric LeGrand's been you know uh, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he has more of a prominent role. You know, and I think it makes sense, right? I mean, that that you know his first uh, go around, these were the guys who who. Helped, uh, you know, build it. They they help. Uh, they know the culture better than anyone. They're the ones who, you know, the current the current players who might not know what Graciano was all about back in the day. They're the ones who can can bring them and say, look, this is going to be hard. Practice is going to be hard. It's going to be grinding. There's going to be more difficult than, than than anything that you've ever experienced. But here's the end result. And you know, those are the types of guys that you know Graciano wants to surround himself with. He trusts them. Graciano is all about. Yeah, surrounding himself with his people. We've we've heard him, you know, the the old saying with Graciano is, you know, he wants to get the band back together. Uh, he's done it with with 
you know, Jay Butler, former strength coach, you know, uh, Dave McCune, you know, you know, one of the team trainers, you know, so many, Kevin McConnell, obviously, so many of these guys who, who were Graciano guys back in the day, they brought back. It makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, this is what I, will, I, will like this. I, will, I was talking to a former player who said, like, you know, a lot of former players, um, obviously, a lot of guys have joined the staff, and a lot of times, for, a lot of former players also just come in to visit. And Greg, like, half kidding but half serious, said, like, hey, you want this job to one of them? So, like, obviously that person's very happy doing what they're doing and they're not going to do it. But, like, there's more room, you know. And I think that what I think a lot of fans are noticing is um, they're making a lot more staff hires, I think, just because that $7.7 million goes a long way. And I just think it's been fascinating to me to see the fan base, like the forums, get so excited when they hire, like, an offensive quality control coach. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like, because, yeah. like, I literally, no, because and this is what it is. I think some people don't realize that Rutgers has had those in the past. But it's just right. everything that Greg does just has this elevated sense of, like, intrigue and excitement. So I just think that, yeah, but I would say is that he, he's all about having the former guys around. That's what he wants to have. And I think if it was up to him, he would have even more of them. Yeah, and Tony, this just moved. Late-breaking news in the podcast. Uh, he has added Rob Hinson, the longtime South Jersey high school coach at Timber Creek, in a uh, player personnel assistant role. So again, another smart way to get high school talent from a big high, from a big powerhouse school. You bring in a you bring in a coach and give him a job. So I just moved today. So uh, late as we we're sitting here talking. All right, anything else we got here, guys? We got women's basketball crash. What what are we looking? What are we looking at bracketology for uh, for the ladies? Any 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 fear about that? I'm not getting in. What, what do we? No, they, they they will get in. They had a strong finish in the regular season. It kind of sealed it. Um, they went one to one at the Big Ten tournament. They beat Wisconsin, which was not terribly strong team this year. Uh, they they got hammered by Indiana. Um, it was a close game, I think, for a little while. And so they're probably looking at a nine or a ten seed going into the Big Ten tournament. The word I had heard was they the, the, they felt that. They'd have to maybe get to the final or win the Big Ten tournament to like be able to be a six seed. Um, they don't have a lot of you know they have the one good win over Iowa at home in the year. They don't have a lot of you know signature wins. They don't have a terribly great RPI. So it's one of these things where they're either going to be a ten seed and go to stores, yeah, or they're going to be like a nine seed and go to you know Stanford or Baylor, right. um, or Oregon, something like that. So uh, it's there's some thought process, I think, around the program that they're not going to send them to UConn for a third straight trip to the tournament. Um, but I think it's a very good possibility that they are back at stores for the Absolutely. For their I annual would, trip to UConn. I would bet odds on that they'll be in stores because that's what happens. Hey, you know, this, this, is, this is a UConn team that, you know, they were out of the, the top five for like two weeks, you know. So, like, yeah. this is not a vintage UConn team. You know, Gino. Yeah, on a hot seat a little bit, so. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and not a good weekend for the wrestlers specifically? Yeah, it, it was a, a tough weekend for them. Um, they only qualified two guys automatic bids to Nationals. Uh, you know, they've got two or three guys that have a chance to get at large bids. You know, I think what you, what wrestling, Rutgers wrestling has kind of had this strange year where it's not like a full-on rebuilding year because they, they do have some guys who are nationally ranked. They did have a winning record 
in dual meets. You know, they, they did beat Ryder and come right down to it with Princeton. Um, then they had a couple dual meets they lost kind of late that they, they should have won. But on the other hand, they're very young, and it's just these guys, young kids, kind of got lumped up at the Big Ten tournament, which is the tougher tournament than the national tournament, believe it or not. Um, Big Ten tournament might be one of the toughest wrestling tournaments in the world just because of the, the, the compact nature and the amount of talent you have in that tournament. So they'll have, probably have four or five guys in nationals. And, the, and but the good thing is for Rutgers is that they have a habit of struggling at the Big Ten tournament and kind of turning it around and bouncing back to the national tournament. So we'll see if they can do that in two weeks. <laughs> Sarge, got anything else before we sign no, off? This was a you know packed uh, podcast. I think you know. Yeah, it, I mean, obviously, it's been a long time uh, coming, but hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to uh, do a couple more of these as you know March Madness uh, uh, rolls along. Yeah, you guys can call in, call in during your drive to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament, which is, you know, which is just insane as always. But that's good. We we'll get out there in time. The eight nine game at noon means we've got some time for a shrimp cocktail. Huh? <laughs> That's the reason why, uh, you know, when you saw those brackets coming, you're like, oh, you know, St. Elmo's at uh, 7 o'clock Thursday night. Yeah, it's like Pulitzer's got Pulitzer's got a lot of interest in going going to the Big Ten tournament. All of a sudden, when he did, he didn't bother to cross the river when it was in Manhattan, but he's going to Indianapolis. Yeah, that's exactly it. So we'll be there at St. Elmo's. Perhaps we'll have a, a meet up for some of you guys or run into some of you guys around town. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, and as always, you know, enjoy March because this is going to be a fun ride. Take care.